All right. Good morning, everyone. So fantastic to see you guys. Do you guys know what today is? <laughs> Two weeks down. Amen? Two weeks down and uh, one week to go. Um, so super excited. Um, I was having a conversation with Pastor Matt yesterday, and we were both saying, and actually with my wife a few days before that, but the three of us were saying how this year's fast, I mean, personally for myself, and then as I was talking with Pastor Matt, and then also with Annie, um, that it's been a smooth fast. And, you know what I mean by that? It hasn't been as difficult as in the past. I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. You know, I think the idea is that you have to suffer, and Pastor Sam, if you're not suffering, then you're not doing your job, you know, for the church. Um, but it's been, it's been a really good fast. Um, and so Pastor Matt and I were talking about it. For my wife, it's, um, you know, because of the whole COVID thing and because of lack of travel for, uh, for our school and for the teachers, our school gave our teachers a longer extended period of time, which means our kids get a longer extended period of break, which actually for Annie worked out that she can come to two weeks of VMP. Usually she can come for like the first few days. And then obviously when the kids are back to school, it's, you know, it's too crazy. Um, so it's been a really good fast for Annie in that way to be together in community uh, together with others who are fasting. And she was sharing with me how fasting by herself, you know, at home all day, just listening on podcasts, but not really being able to see people or pray together has, was really difficult for her, you know, for the past like 15 years, um, you know, us having kids every two or three years. And so either pregnant or nursing. And so just, just a crazy period. Actually, last night I was thinking as I was uh, uh, getting ready for bed, I, I just it dawned on me that we don't have diapers in the house anymore. We've had diapers for 14 years. Yeah. And uh, I was like, wow, we don't have diapers anymore. Um, <clears throat> we still have baby wipes, though. <laughs> um, okay. So anyways, um, for me and P. Matt, it was like, I, I think uh, like last week in the sermon, I said, and there's this one statement I said that I think maybe broke some things for people. And I said, hey, maybe as a leader... Or as a long-time believer, you feel like, you know, your standard of fasting has to be like this high and like people have to know and they have to know that you're, you know, struggling. But I, and, and I encourage people, hey, you don't have to tell anyone, even leaders. Don't tell anyone what you're fasting. Just fast before God, whatever you sense is pleasing to God. And that's simply between you and God. And I think that loosed a lot of things. Because I think unless we're intentional about reminding people, it can unintentionally be about, what are you fasting? Oh, I'm fasting this. And as a leader, then I guess my standard of fasting must be here, you know, and not down here. And, and I just wanted to erase all of that and say, no, don't, this year, don't focus on what you're not fasting or what you're not eating or what, you know, just focus on spending time with God. And I think that statement, somehow, it, it broke something over me. It broke something over our leaders. It bro- and so, like, I'm so content and at peace that, you know, whatever I'm fasting between me and God, uh, uh, and it's been really, it's been really uh, uh, a blessing. Um, there certainly has been tough points. Yesterday, there was a half a slice of pizza on the table. Man, I almost lost it. I almost broke, I want you to know. Um, but I didn't. Okay, anyways, uh, so it's been really good. We're continuing on this morning, John chapter 10. So I just want to encourage you to just keep contending, keep fasting. The Lord might be asking you to shift gears or upgrade or change something or modify. 
and that's fine. You know, he may even say downgrade, he may even say upgrade, whatever that is. But just keep tabs, keep a pulse, you know, stay connected with the Lord and ask him, God, how do you want me to fast? You know, we've done, we've gone through one week, we've gone through two weeks. Now we're going to the last week and just, just spend some time with the Lord asking him, okay, do you want me to, you know, how do you want me to adjust my fast? Is there anything, you know, he may even, he may even give you a specific shift in terms of what to pray for, right? Maybe you've been praying and you've been praying and you feel like, okay, I think God has heard me. I think he knows what's on my heart, you know, and, and, and just kind of shift gears and say, okay, God, what is it that you want to say? <clears throat> and so, uh, um, you know, a lot of, op- a lot of uh, opportunities, options here. All right. So continuing on, John chapter 10. Verse 1, truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter by the door into the fold of the sheep, but climbs up some other way, he is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is a shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice. Say that again. Hear his voice. Hear his voice. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out when he puts forth all his own he goes ahead of them and the sheep follow him because they know his voice they know his voice say that again they know his voice a stranger they a stranger they simply will not follow but will flee from him because they do not know the voice of strangers this figure of speech jesus spoke to them but they did not understand what those things were which he had been saying to them. So Jesus said to them again, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters through me, he will be saved, and he will go, and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. <clears throat> Let me go on to verse uh, 11. I'm the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays out his life for the sheep. He who is hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. The wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is, hired, he is a hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. I'm the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Even as a father knows me, I know the father. I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep which are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will hear my voice, and they will become one flock with one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life so that I may take it, uh, take it again. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. Just a beautiful picture of Jesus' heart, and he says there at the last part, there are people, there are sheep that are not of my fold and I must go out and I must call out to them and when they hear my voice, they'll come. It's a beautiful picture. You have friends. You have family. You have work colleagues that are not of God's fold that don't even know it, don't even know it yet. Like the Matrix, you know, uh, locked into the world, plugged in, you know, just living this life. Don't even know it yet, but when they hear the Lord's voice, when they hear the prompting of the Spirit, when the gospel is proclaimed, something in their spirit will move and turn and shift towards them. In the same way, in the same way that you are sitting here today, because some time ago, whether it was a few years ago, whether it was a decade ago, whether some time ago sitting somewhere, someone brought you to church or you went to a Bible study or you listened to a sermon online or something, Somewhere along the journey, 
a message that you never heard before, that God loves you, that God forgives you. And it hit your heart and it shifted. And, and you didn't even know it, but you were inclined to that voice. That, that voice sounds familiar. That voice sounds like something that, that I should be closer to. And you were drawn to it. And somehow, somehow you were plugged in. Someone invited you, came. And now, you know, the craziest of them all, you're here early morning, you know, praying and fasting and seeking the Lord with all your heart. To think that there are people out there waiting Right? I mean, I mean, the devil plays with us. Everyone you share the gospel with, is, is, you're going to lose popularity. You're, you're, you're not going to be, they're not going to like you. They're not going to invite you. They're going to think it's uncomfortable. But that's not true. That's not true. It wasn't true for you. Right? It wasn't true for you. And so if, if no one had brought you or shared with you, you never would be here. Right? And so you're so thankful that somebody, anybody, at some point, presented the gospel to you in a way, or at least positioned you, or at least gave you proximity, and you were able to hear, and now you're here today. <laughs> what a lie from the devil. The devil saying is basically saying that that can happen to anyone else. There are friends. There are families. There are colleagues that are waiting to hear the, the shepherd's voice. And in the same way that you responded, maybe not in the, in, the, in the exact same way, but in some how, fashion, form. And so they just need an opportunity. They just need some type of platform, whether that's Alpha, whether that's House Church, whether that's a conference this weekend, whether that's, hey, I, you know, here's this verse or this quote, hey, check it out, you know, sending them a link, whether that's getting to know them personally to a place where they're disarmed and they know that you, you, know, you, like, like, like you really care, you're, you're a caring person, and then you're able to present the gospel Um, just an incredible opportunity. This is the heart of the Father. The scripture says that the sheep hear my voice. The scripture says that my sheep know my voice. And so at Solomon's Porch, you guys know, if you've been here long enough, it's just part of our DNA. We're into the prophetic. You know, it's not something special or, or, or different. It's actually all over the scriptures. We just believe everything that's in the scriptures. We believe that people pray prophetically. We believe that God gives a prophetic word. You know, all throughout the scriptures, there, there are prophets and prophetesses. Post-Jesus, in the New Testament, men and women referred to as prophets and prophetesses, and you don't even know their names. It, it, it was like not even important to mention their names. It's just there. It's just part, it's just normative Christian life, Right? And, and so this idea that prophets were only in the Old Testament until Jesus came and he was the last, not true, right? There were people giving prophetic words, prophetesses in the New Testament, you know, Agabus, you know, gave a prophetic word to Paul. And so there's these people in these communities and pockets downloading, hearing from God, prophesying, giving words of knowledge and speaking on behalf of God in the New Testament church post-resurrection. Amen. And so we, as SP, we eat all that stuff up, man. I'm like, well, yeah, we'll have some of that stuff too. And so we totally follow that. And so sometimes people come, they think, wow, I can hear God's voice? I've never done that before. That's really hard. I want you to know that it is a birthright of every Christian to hear God's voice. It's not just for the pastor. It's not just for the prophetic. It's not just for some certain gifted people. If you are a born-again believer, it is your god given birthright. The moment you're born, in that gift package comes the ability to hear God. You don't believe me? The scripture says 
that you cannot even profess Jesus Christ as Lord unless the Holy Spirit lives in you, unless the Holy Spirit, sorry, is moving in you, right? We cannot profess, we cannot even say Jesus is Lord unless the Holy Spirit has prompted us. So what does that mean? The fact that you responded to God at some point anywhere and said, Jesus, Jesus, come into my life. If you pray, you know, a prayer that said, I surrender my life, Jesus, come into my life. The fact that you were able to pray that prayer is proof that you already heard God's voice. Isn't that awesome? Every single one of you, if you profess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, doesn't matter if you uh, subscribe yet or not to the prophetic, have heard the voice of God. It is a God-given birthright. God's sheep hear His voice. God's sheep know His voice. Amen? And if that's the case, then shouldn't we develop and nurture and exercise? Are you content just being saved? That's an answer only you can answer. You need to wrestle with this. Are you content? Is it enough that God spoke to you for your salvation? Thank you, God. I'll see you on the other side. Or are you curious? Are you interested? Do you believe that there's so much more that God has for you? Amen. I absolutely do. Um, And so, uh, interesting thing about sheep. And I I did a whole bunch of research on sheep. I was just curious. I did all this reading. Uh, Fascinating and interestingly enough, um, there are accounts you know, in various mountainsides around the world uh, where sheep, um, even if they're mixed with other shepherd's sheep, and so two groups come together somehow, they're not, you know, they're taking a nap in the sheep. And when the shepherd calls the voice, when the shepherd speaks out and calls the sheep, the sheep that belong to the specific shepherd, they know the voice and they can actually, even if they're mixed, come out of that group and come to the shepherd. They can recognize distinct tones and voices, you know, for all the things you've heard about sheep, you know, being dumb, you know, all that stuff. You know, you know, one example is a sheep. If it goes into a trash can like a bin, head first, it, it can't ever get out. It doesn't know how to back up. I've heard stories like that. Um, the sheep can distinctly recognize the voice of the shepherd. Um, individually, it's been said in some places that shepherds have given names to sheep. And that they can actually call the sheep by name and that specific sheep will come. Um, and so, so they have the propensity, they have the ability to hear their shepherd's voice. And the same thing with us. Every one of us by name, given by God, can hear God's voice. Um, a shepherd had um, three specific kind of tools in, in the ancient Near East in, in those times. It was often shepherds were, were the youngest. Uh, the older brothers or older family members did more labor, laborious, uh, 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 you know, heavy lifting. And so oftentimes they would give the task of tending the sheep uh, to the younger. Um, but at the same time, you know, if you look at David and, and, and other accounts, there's a lot of, uh, um, what's the word, uh, dangers involved as well. And so a good shepherd would have three things. They would have a rod. And sometimes they would put like metal or, or, or you know, shards of, 
you know, material rocks and things on there, kind of ingrain it so that it would have a, a stronger effect. And, 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 you know, the picture that we get of a shepherd that we usually see in, in imagery and cartoons is, you know, like, like a nice shepherd, just really modest and, and things and whatnot. But these shepherds were strong. They had to fend off, you know, wolves, bears, you know, attacks. And the scriptures gives even lions. Uh, and so, you know, these shepherds were strong. They had to be fierce when they needed to be to protect their flock. Um, they also had, secondly, a long staff. And this long staff was used to guide uh, the sheep individually or as a group or for walking. And then thirdly and lastly, some of them sometimes had a sling. And if there was an animal or something in the distance in the hillside and they see it before, they could, they could prevent, you know, the rod was kind of sort of as a last resort if it comes, you know, breaches so close and you have to actually physically, but if you can just sling something and throw it, it's like a warning sign when the animals would flee and whatnot. Um, and the job of the shepherd is to protect the sheep. Number one is to protect the flock, to protect the sheep. Uh, the job of the shepherd is also to lead and to guide the sheep to a safe area where they can pasture, green pastures, right? So a safe place, right, to, to protect them against uh, uh, outsiders, you know, against, you know, uh, foreign attacks, right, uh, uh, against wolves. And then the second thing is green pastures, you know, bring the sheep uh, uh, to a place where they can find rest. You know, if you take them to a dry patch, they're going to be malnourished. They're going to be tired. So there's this just picture of this ongoing movement, right? From one pasture to another pasture. Uh, sheep get afraid of, of loud river noises. So, you know, uh, 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 it's dangerous. And so you got to bring them to a quiet creek where they can, you know, be revived and drink and, and whatnot. And so... You know, as a pastor, as a house church leader, as a ministry leader, as a, as a children's ministry teacher or volunteer, as parents, uh, as a, uh, you know, someone that's looked up to even, you know, uh, as a spiritual uh, leader somewhere in some capacity, our job is to keep the community, to keep our church safe and protected and unified. Our job is to bring people into a place where they can be refreshed. Uh, where they can be strengthened. And, uh, and this is the job of a good shepherd. Um, I think one man cannot do it alone. I think that one team cannot do it alone. I think that it's a responsibility of all of us to be and to look to the best interest of one another and to care for one another and to look out for one another and to pray for one another and to serve one another. Um, there may be times this year, even this year, even in the next month, leadership uh, uh, makes a call or a decision. And, 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 and if I can say, you know, we need your prayers. You know, we need your encouragements. Uh, uh, we need your support. And just really pray for the leaders. Pray for myself. Pray for the pastoral staff. You know, pray for our team. Uh, pray for the house church leaders um, that we may fulfill this job that God has given and for all of you who are in various uh, roles as well. <clears throat> um, I was in uh, New Mexico, Albuquerque. I think it was, um, it was my first uh, mission trip, uh, one of my first mission trips. And uh, I had gone to Albuquerque, New Mexico. My senior pastor, who's a, 
uh, a Korean pastor who was a missionary in uh, the Middle East, Iraq, I think it was, with his family. Uh, he had a contact, and so he was then going. And so I went, and this was the trip. As I was finishing up my undergrad studies, studying business, I, 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 this was the trip where I said, God, do you want me to be a full-time missionary? And so I said, Lord, I'm going to pray, I'm going to be open-hearted, and I'm going to go on this trip. Uh, and it was to, a, it was to a, a Native American or Native Indigenous tribe reservation. Um, and, um, you know, they had this whole event. There was like hundreds of people from churches, uh, Korean American churches, Korean churches all over uh, the United States. We all came. Uh, and, I, and I went just more to observe. And uh, on the very last day, you know, they would go out, spend the whole week just going out all throughout the the province or the neighborhood of the area district, just making friends, just hanging out, just meeting them on their terms. Never, you know, not mentioning much about God, not mentioning much about church, just meeting them where they're at, just hanging out with them, going out to eat, you know, spending time. And then after about a week on the last day, they'd say, hey, we have this conference coming up, you know, this, this, it's a tent revival, you know, do you want to come and hear about the gospel? And, and sure enough, all these people would come and fill this huge tent propped up, um, and then they would give the gospel and then people would respond and then, and then and it'd be just an incredible encounter and, and revival. The next day, um, to kind of follow up with the uh, uh, gospel message and the crucifixion, they got all these uh, sheep. So how many of you guys have actually ever seen a sheep? You've, you've heard it, you've seen it on TV, but how many of you have actually seen one like in, in person, live? Okay, how about not at the zoo? <laughs> Um, and so for me, it was like one of the first times you, you hear about it in the Bible so much, uh, uh, so many illustrations and imagery, uh, uh, you know, the lamb that was slain, you know, Jesus, the lamb of God and all that. And so you, 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 you wonder, oh, a lamb, a sheep is, is so cute. Uh, it's so fluffy. Oh, Jesus is so, so, so soft. Jesus is so nice. He's so sweet. Um, and, and what they were going to do was they were going to kill all the sheep. They're going to kill all the sheep and then have a barbecue. Um, and so, and so I, I, I was there and the youth pastors and the missionaries were there. And, and obviously they're making an object lesson and they quote the verses. And this is a Jesus, you know, the Lamb of God. And I go, oh, wow. You know. And so I'm watching this. They're tying up the sheep's legs. And I'm sorry if this is a bit graphic. Uh, uh, and then they pull out these blades. And then I'm, I'm like standing right here, and they literally just cut the, the, the neck, and then it just bleeds out into the dirt. And I'm watching this, it's like, oh my gosh, you know, I'm getting a little like, like woozy, like this is, this is raw, this is, this, is, this is real, like, oh man, you know? Um, and this is what is fascinating. Uh, even if you've seen a sheep, I don't know if you've ever seen a sheep uh, being slaughtered. If you try and grab a, 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 a chicken, or if you try and grab a pig, or even a, a small deer, or any other animal, dog, whatever it be, and you try to put that thing down, it's gonna squeal and it's gonna kick. Like you literally have to like subdue it. And all to the point of its death, it's gonna squirm, it's gonna, it's gonna yelp, it's gonna, it's gonna, you know, it's just, a, it's just unpleasant and even to the point of where you have to slaughter the animal, right? If they know they're being slaughtered, right? This is blew my mind. 
The sheep actually do not put up a fight. I don't know about any other animals, but the sheep, and I saw several of them being slaughtered, they actually literally lie down. You know, and after you tie the legs, they lie down. And they don't like put a kick and they don't squeal. They literally just blink and then they go out. And so, you know, like a lamb to the slaughter that did not fight or did not cry out or did not speak out. I mean, this is a picture of Jesus willingly, of his own volition, not being forced, not being taken, willingly going to the, the slaughter and the cross. And so when you read that verse, to give you some context, it's crazy. The sheep actually literally don't put up a fight and they lie down. Isn't that an incredible picture? And if you see that, I was just amazed. Because any other animal anywhere in the planet on the face of this earth will fight for its life, will fight for its last breath. And that's what it says here in verse 18. Jesus says of himself, no one has taken it away from me. No one has taken it away from me, but I lay it down on my own initiative. Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads this morning. Let's just spend some time meditating and just giving thanks to the Lord. In Isaiah 53, verse 7, He was oppressed and afflicted, yet He did not open His mouth. He was led like a lamb to the slaughter, and as a sheep before its shears is silent, so He did not open His mouth. The Lord is my shepherd. He is a good, good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me besides quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. He guides me along the right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Jesus, we just come before you and we just want to proclaim, recommit, rededicate once again that you are the good shepherd. God, we trust in your rod, even when it's unpleasant. God, we trust trust in your staff, even when we want to go that way. God, we trust in your voice above all. So many voices, God. So many voices. So many thoughts. So many things pulling us. But we trust only in your voice. Thank you, Jesus. Not only are you the good shepherd, but you are our Lord and Savior, and like a lamb, you went to the shearer silent, and you did not defend yourself or fight back, but willingly laid yourself down. And for that, we are forever indebted. For that, we are forever grateful, and for that, we forever will praise your name. Forever you are the lamb. Forever you are the lamb that was slain. And forever I will submit and bow my heart to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's respond in worship and meditation. Let's just give Jesus our utmost praise this morning.